So, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I um, wanted to just really open the floor to start with to see if anybody wanted to talk about anything in particular. I had something that I did want to talk about, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. But um, just if there's any questions about anything, it's great. I mean, it's kind of like a series almost. I've been here often enough that we've had a couple of turnings and people keep our talks and people keep coming back. So, of course, there's fewer and fewer, you know. You'll notice that. <laughs> so you guys must be hardcore. So I figured either you got some serious questions or you're into some wild adventure. I don't know. So if anybody had anything that they were really thinking about or been bugging them or some, some, um, anything, anything, whatever. Mm -hmm. Sue? The thing that we were talking about last night on break about um, circumstances being neutral and choosing uh, either to serve our destiny or to serve the gremlin, I'd like more clarity on that again or a repeat on it. So, my problem with this is that you said it as perfectly clear as it can possibly be said. And, and what we're looking at is unfolding that. That's what I want to do, is unfold it and go a little deeper with it. Yeah, and the unfolding really has to do more and more with our everyday life in terms of, you know, what am I doing this moment? What am I doing this moment? What did I not do this moment and why? What's the purpose of not doing that? What's the purpose of the other person doing something or not doing? It's really about purpose. So I would open that to everybody because everybody I think is familiar with that idea because it just comes straight off the map of conversations yes. and I'll grab one of those if I want this to look at but I'd like everybody to uh, input on that one because that would be great to work with a little bit. <laughs> What was that? Created a monster. Yeah, I just thanks, Sue. You what? I said thanks, Sue. <laughs> That's Grimlin, just welcome, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the Yeah, that's just, this is what Sue's referring to. It's just the simply the idea that what happens is completely neutral until it, until it comes to a human being. And then a human being experiences that in a zillion different, everybody experiences what happens differently according to their interpretation of it, which is a wild thing, because it's saying ultimately we are, we are at source for, for creating our experience of anything, which means that the concept of victim is, is an impossibility, because we can interpret did you, how many people saw that movie, It's a Beautiful Day? Anybody see that one? It's an Italian movie. Oh, Life, is, read beautiful. It. Life is Beautiful. Could you read it? Oh, yeah? Yeah, here. Yeah, subtitles. Mm -hmm. It's all subtitles. Italian. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's, a really great, uh, it's a really great example. It's a little exaggerated, in, in my opinion, but it's not really. It's really the guy is a, a master at taking what happens and fitting it into an interpretation that serves his his true purpose which was r really uh, like joy or um, positive or his purpose was possibility or relationship or something it was it was really that one he could twist anything 
you know, he's in the prison camps, and I don't want to get into it because I get, I, you know, I get upset when people tell me the story, but <laughs> I don't want to do that to anybody. Anyway, he, um, yeah, it's really up to us <coughs> to realize the powers that we have that we're using every day to create our experience in our life. And uh, the, one of the fundamental powers that we have is choice. And we get to choose, it's a very creative power to choose our interpretation of an experience to serve whatever our real purpose is. So becoming conscious of our purpose is a, a radical activity in, in <coughs> oh, you guys may be doing this, I don't know if you've seen this before. Okay, mm -hmm. anyway. First time. Well, somebody want to explain this to them? <laughs> We've heard about it. Fred, Fred, go for it, man. Uh, come on, you've been living in this thing. Um, Give me a chance to eat my smoothie here. I'll, I'll talk about what I see. <laughs> so, the, I think, I guess it starts with the circumstances, it starts with the circumstances being neutral, and then what we do in terms of, um, you can talk about my experience, what I do in terms of a survival strategy is operate from the gremlin because of a story about safety. And so that story about safety then informs everything I create or do because I've even learned how to create out of fear. You know, and, and, and I guess you always create out of fear, but I've learned to create only from fear. And, and so what, what happens is you stay stuck in this game and drama and irresponsibility, but more, I think, m more radical about this idea is that the pervasive, the, pervade, the pervading thought is no, is control and um, destabilizing things around you so that, you, so that stability is, is possible for the gremlin, or at least that's the, that's the deception, that the gremlin's trying to create its own source of stability and therefore destabilizes everything else. And the concept that you're talking about and presenting is the idea of living from a very conscious purpose. And in that, it has nothing to do with destabilizing anything. It has to do with, with creating and choosing what, stable, what, what stability you want to create, or even if stability is not a factor, what you want to create. And, and that then is where archetypes show up in, its, in, the, in a cleaner or purest form. And that's what we talked about in terms of these archetypes, how they show up. The king, the warrior, the magician, the lover, that those energies are, are not uh, compromised by, by this unconscious drive. I don't know, and that's sort of like jumping right in the middle of it. I didn't, I didn't, sort of, I didn't lead you into anything. And, and then it, you took it one step beyond for me last night and in the course of training, <coughs> I think it kind of went like this. And that's the one thing I want to take back and talk about mm -hmm. is that <clears throat> you can choose um, the adult king or queen and choose this is where I have trouble languaging it and quite connecting it um, to serve your destiny mm -hmm. we'll go back to what the, we're using the word destiny to mean a certain specific set of principles that really matter to us that are really important to us and that really turn us on and that have been informing our 
creation kind of, but it's been a background conversation for us. It hasn't been a conscious thing. And if you look back, like we do that process, distilling destiny, <coughs> where you look back at your life and realize what you've done that's really turned you on the most and inspired you the most and been the most valuable things that have ever happened, you know, or that you've done or that you've gone through. And you look at those, and out of that, you can distill the principles that that might be. So one of the principles might be um, possibility, or one of the principles might be uh, integrity, one of the principles might be love, or one of the principles might be relationship, or, or trust, or those are all huge things. And what's a really amazing thing I don't know if I <laughs> this is an example from physics so it might be completely <laughs> ridiculous but I was in high school and the teacher had me I loved these experiments so he, he said well listen I got these two experiments I need to do to see if they work can you do them so I stayed after school that's why I really got this was that was just me alone in this physics laboratory in the evening you know all by myself with all this equipment and the first experiment was to take something and um, drop it with gravity. And so something has a certain mass, and then the gravitational field pulls on that, that mass and pulls it to the Earth. So it has a, a um, you can measure how much mass a thing has by, by the force of gravity on it. You know, that's just like putting it on a scale, you know, how much does it weigh? So then, then, you, then you take that same piece of mass and um, you put it in an, uh, you accelerate it using a, like a, um, a thing to just pull it along like in a car. You know how you're in a car and you push down the accelerator and you get thrown back in your seat? That's because you have mass. So that's called inertial mass because if an inertia is just the, but either moving or, or slowing down, stopping or going, it's accelerating. So that's one kind of mass. And another kind of mass is, is a gravitational field mass. You know, it's affected by a gravitational field. So inertia, which is just stopping and going, it, um, is, is really one kind of mass. And then being affected by a field, you know, a gravitational field is a completely different kind of mass. Well, it turns out, like startlingly enough, that both of those are identical. Like it's exactly the same mass that applies for inertial mass and gravitational mass. So you, the same thing is true for our destiny, which is that w what most turns us on, the thing that most blows us away and that most opens our heart or most gives us vision or is the foundation of our true, like real joy in life, like what we most want to create, that that set of principles also is exactly equal to what we were born here to deliver. You know, it's, it's our destiny. <clears throat> and the fact that those two are the, exactly the same, we don't realize that. Because we're not aware of our, of our destiny that way, and we're not aware. We think that what really most turns us on has to be bad or wrong, or we can only have it on Saturday morning, you know, after work. And have to, you know, like that. But the tr what's true is they're identical. That what most turns us on is exactly the same as what we're supposed to do. You know, what our job is here, what we're, um, you know, our assignment or 
like our entire, what I was talking about last night in the training, our entire set of experiences in our life, that all the pain and all the failures and all the abuse and all of the abandonment and all the betrayal and all of the um, successes and all the, everything that we learn, you know, everything that happens, everybody we meet, every place we go, it's like all through our life up to this point now has been a perfect school and a perfect, perfect tr training program for us to be able to deliver what's in front of us now to deliver, you know, to do the job at hand, to, to go ahead. It's been like the perfect training program for that. So the idea that um, what most is most valuable and important for us and most that gives us the greatest ecstasy is also the thing that's, that's our job, that it's like our, our destiny, to put those two are exactly the same. So once, if somebody would get that, they'd just start creating according to those principles and be ex completely delighted. There's a model for decisions, decision-making. It's called the now, making decisions now. So, is that right? No, aim, is that right? No, aim decisions. No, I forget. Anyway, there's, maybe it's in here. Maybe I can look it up. Anyway, there's three kinds of decisions you can make. Yeah, here. <laughs> uh, so there are three levels of decisions that we can make. That are can decisions. That's what it is. C A N. That's the little thing. So you can make core decisions about who you are. So you can say, I, who I am is I source clarity, possibility, love, whatever. You know, that's like a. You can decide who you are. You can declare who you are. Or. I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise, or I'm a creative, powerful source in my life. Like you, can, you can choose the framework of who you are. And then, based on that, you can choose your aim decisions, which is like how to get there. So how to get there in that kind of in general. So like these would be our goals or our projects. So you can say, you know, I'll make, you know, $150,000 by the end of the year. My children will be independent, creative, and loving, whatever. I will compete. I will complete project ABC by this date. These are like goals. So you can make decisions about your goals that serve your, um, you know, your bigger decisions, your core decisions. So then after you've made, that's a secondary level of decisions. First one is core decisions about who you are. The next one is your general goals and how you're going to get there. The next ones are your now decisions, which are what are you going to do right now that serves your aim decisions, that serves your core decisions. and what that means is that if your aim, if your now decision is, I'm going to get up at five o'clock to prepare for this meeting, so that I can, you know, make a presentation at the meeting that fulfills my goal, that 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 fulfills my core purpose. If if you really get that, if it's conscious, if it's a conscious process, then there is absolutely no victim about getting up at five o'clock. It's ex it's ecstatic to get up at five o'clock because. It's what you, you know, really what you most want to do. And what's bizarre about psychology is that we make our now decisions, our little bitty now decisions, you know. We, we, we make ourselves victims of those moment-to-moment -moment decisions, you know. I'll exercise three days this week. I'll put $200 a week into, the, into this investment fund. What, whatever those things are, I'll brush my teeth, you know. I'll, I'll go visit my mother. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do the laundry. I'll... 
you know, whatever those little moment-to-moment -moment decisions are, I'll take the garbage out, whatever those are, if, if we see them in the context of what, that we're really at source for creating our destiny right now, like this moment, then it's impossible to experience ourselves as being victims in that way. So it's a really powerful thing to get, that right now, this action, this activity, this thing that I'm doing that, you know, is uncomfortable, I'm, I'm doing it because this is the thing I, that most fulfills my biggest joy right now, you know, in the big picture. So that's a matter of interpreting, you know, what's happening. Why am I going to work? I've been working at the same company for 30 years. You know, I'm doing the same job. Why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this because, you know, bing, bing, bing. It, this is the now decision that serves my aim decision, that serves my core decision, because this, this is what I love to do. This is what turns me on. This is where I'm a full expression. Hi, is the, um, can you grab a pillow or something? Or just make yourself at home here. Um, because that's what, that's it. So, so we choose the interpretation of the experience um, to fit our purpose. And if our purpose is to be, if our purpose is to fulfill our destiny, then um, all thing, everything lines up. But if our purpose is to pretend like we're irresponsible, which is completely <clears throat> an illusion, like it's really irresponsibility is a complete illusion. It's impossible to be irresponsible. It's just a, <laughs> it's absolutely out of the question to be a victim or to be irresponsible. That is a bummer. If you get, man, if you get that, it'll ruin your day. So <laughs> it's impossible because everything, everything around us, we're creating. Yeah, so we're, we're responsible, responsible for it. Yeah, so because we're always including, creating, including the illusion of irresponsibility, or being a victim, or they're doing this to me, or, or that I have to do this and it's terrible or bad or wrong or stupid or, you know, a waste of time or boring or all of those are just interpretations, and they irresponsibility. are Yeah, to serve gremlin purposes, to serve, you know, to serve um, revenge, or failure, or. Mm. <laughs> is that you were asking about unconscious purpose? Is that even yes. Sue asked about it, but I was going to. That was going to be my question. <laughs> <laughs> even if I am centered in in that core decision and that you know that having identified myself, for instance, if I have as a core decision that I am trustworthy, you know, as a resolution or as a principle or whatever, then even if I'm in that other space where I'm doing something that may not match that, you know, as long as I'm staying in, in the core of who it is I know I'm capable of being <coughs> who I am, you know, even that can not have to be a victim experience. It can be a very neutral experience, you know, because anything, the negative or the positive, are going to, going to move me in the direction of that core, you know, statement or core identity that I have for myself, because that's my intention. I hear, what I'm I hear what you're saying, and my experience is directly opposite of that. Okay. What I've noticed in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, or at least the last couple of months, is that when I'm in this place, like when I notice that I'm in this place, mm -hmm. is when I'm in it fully. Like I don't notice myself sliding it. 
to it. Mm -hmm. okay. I notice myself, like when I recognize that the gremlin's running me, mm -hmm. I have destroyed two or three people around me usually. <laughs> and I see so it's only when you see their faces. Right. Yeah, but no. it's even worse than that. It's like not even their feedback that matters because that feeds my gremlin. Like it's not even their feedback. It is the realization. It is the charge in my body mm -hmm. that knocks me into realization. I realize my battery, my battery is fully charged, and I'm going, mm -hmm. and I go, Where, how did I get souped up? <laughs> and I can look around, and then literally, you know, in my head, I've been trying to make it like a Private Ryan movie. Instead of seeing hurt feelings, I see a limb hanging. And I've just been trying to visualize, like when I w look at people, you just see an arm hanging with bloody, you know, things hanging out of it. So that I recognize that's what I'm doing. I'm chopping at people. <coughs> And my experience is that even that that what happens in my grim, what happens when I'm over there serving an unconscious purpose, is that it really doesn't matter. All the intellect, every every bit of the thought process doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. In the middle of it, I'm completely fueled by, and I think that's what you're talking about. I'm completely fueled by the purpose. <coughs> the details don't matter. Bring them at me. It doesn't matter. It's like, fine, fine, fine. So I don't even get caught up in the conversation of what about this detail. It's like, forget it. Or I'll handle it. And so they're just whizzing by me. And so my only experience of creating consciously is in the theater. When I'm consciously creating a piece of literature, bringing it to a visual form, that's the same feeling I have. I'm very conscious about where we're going. I'm very conscious that it's about energizing people around me. I'm very conscious that it's about creating safety or the illusion of safety. And I know it's an illusion of safety for actors. Like, I'm very conscious, and it's like people bring up things, and it's like, fine. Because there's nothing that matters other than that. And so that's the, true in the unconscious purpose. Also. I just want to give a word to the things that come up, that go by, give those word, the word called those circumstances. And when you're functioning according to a higher purpose, you know, your true purpose, <coughs> and creating, circumstances become irrelevant. So you're, you're creating without regard to circumstances. You're creating without evidence. But that, but what I think the power in that is that without regard to circumstances doesn't mean you don't handle them. It no. means that, the, that the, the, the fundamental principle is that they are handled. How doesn't matter. It just, yes. Yes, they're handled. And that they don't throw you into your unconscious purpose? Yes. That you don't allow those to <laughs> sidetrack you. Does it matter that you know your unconscious purpose? I mean, does it matter it's important to know, to be able to label it? Yes. Then I should know that? We call that the hidden purpose process. Now that, that I don't understand. What, what is it that you don't understand? Your hidden purpose. <clears throat> How do you determine what it is? <laughs> <laughs> that is a question that will take you there. It will take me to, to the answer. So like, because if you sit with that question, how do I determine what my hidden purpose is? Okay. My, my if, you, if you sit with that mm -hmm. and really let it cook in you, mm -hmm. you'll start to figure it out. And that's a far, that's a far more valuable way to figure it out than to have, you know, even to go through the hidden purpose process, which is a, a valuable thing in itself. But, <clears throat> you know, if you can really discover 
brick at a time what the hidden purpose is, you'll find three, four, five principles, underworld principles. Hmm. Really, they're underworld principles, would drivers. You, would you equate that to the, you know, the thing that we did this weekend with Jim Pryor when you do the hidden agendas? Would you would you equate that to that same thing? Yeah, like the purpose behind <clears throat> the those agendas would be your hidden purpose. It would be an exact way to find it. So if you start to look at, I just uh, hurt somebody's feelings. Okay, so so that's what happened. Then that was my hidden agenda was to hurt this person's feelings. That was my hidden agenda. Or having a conversation, my hidden agenda was to win and to, and to be right. And for them mm -hmm. to fail and be wrong or experience pain mm -hmm. and whoa, you know, that was my that was my true purpose there. So then you can start to give the principle a name. Well, what do you get in this particular situation? The quality of that particular person's experience of failing or losing, what is, it, my, what is that <coughs> principle, the motivating principle? And you start to clock it here, clock it here, list it here, and go, whoa, there's a pattern. Revenge, 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 revenge. Hidden purpose principle is revenge, one of them. And then you can start to piece it together. And there's usually four or five of them. That's the missing piece to that puzzle. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What is? I couldn't quite get it. <clears throat> there was something missing from me there. I don't know if it's my brain or what, but I just couldn't put it all together. It's like, that's it? You know, a name for it? Or? Yeah. And, yes. An exact description. Could then. describe it my own? To even know how to get there. You're saying revenge was yours or the description of how to get there? No, well, I don't know what my... Okay, okay. Yeah. That's enough of an answer. Okay. So would being right be a... <laughs> Could be. Well, being right for what purpose? Being right is too general. Let's say for your... your Me. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm just trying to get a distinction on... No. See, in that one, uh, Jean's mentioning just I was working with a, a consideration over the weekend where when I was really young, like in kinder or first grade, I was in an environment where I wasn't with my family and I was completely like abandoned and lost and I, I, I didn't know anybody and I didn't know anything and it was like a shift from kindergarten, which was great, you know, mats, cookies, naps, you know, just like I could handle that, you know, be the milk boy and go get the milk and... You know, and then the shift into, okay, now they're going to try to teach us something. The game changes. So I'm in this room with all these kids and this teacher who's like mom, you know, she's like the queen or the goddess or like, and the only way that I can get her attention or approval or acceptance is by learning this stuff. So, so, and, and to get the right answers, you know. So anybody, class, what's four plus four? You know, you know, eight, you know, I'm right, you know, so to be right. So I adopted a, uh, a motivation that I, don't know, uh, I made a decision that in order to be somebody, to be acknowledged by the teacher, in order to be somebody, I had to be right. I had to know. I had to be, so the real, the, the hidden purpose in that is to be superior. I had to be superior in order to get her attention, which there was a limited amount of attention, in order to get her love and approval, I needed to be the best in that domain. So to trash the kids, forget about it, 
you know, relationship, friends, being with the kids, it's like, forget about it. And the whole thing for me was about her, you know, being, getting her love and attention, approval and acceptance. And that was, I did that by being superior. So that was my hidden purpose. So being right would be a tool. To be superior. Mm -hmm. One of the ways. And it seems to me like... Because if, if I'm superior, everybody else is inferior. If I, you know, like that. So that's a, that's a I'm going to trash you so I can be superior. Like that. And it's an unconscious, still runs my life. I mean, it's still there. Very present for me. What I was going to say is the piece you just said, which was, there is a mirror for us about wh what that purpose is. Like, inherent in the gremlin is damage. And so everyone else is inferior. Like, if you, can ex if you can look outside and see what you're creating with everyone else, then it's a mirror for your unconscious purpose. Like, if, you're, if you can see yourself in stressful situations that everyone else cowers and gets smaller and smaller and smaller and becomes less and less capable, then you know that you're creating inferiority in people and you just have to figure out how you're doing it. That you're rising at the expense of everyone else. And, or you can do it by, you create fear. You can look at, you know, whatever you're creating, whatever you're surrounded with, chaos, if you create chaos so that somehow you feel less chaotic. It's like, it's directly relational to your surroundings, almost like an orbit. I mean, everything around you orbits around the unconscious purpose, as it does when you're serving your conscious purpose. When you begin to serve your conscious purpose, things begin to orbit around it. And it's like, you could stop to intellectualize it and explain it, but it's irrelevant. And that's the conversation I was having earlier about, you talked about it could just be neutral. It's irrelevant. It doesn't, intellectually, it doesn't matter what the experience is because it begins to have a movement of its own. And the mirror is how other people experience themselves around you. And what they're experiencing is the purpose that's working through you. And, that, and that's what they experience. How they're experiencing through you is the purpose that you're serving. So if you're serving a gremlin purpose of, of um, causing other, you know, winning at other people's expense, experiencing joy when other people are experiencing pain, like that's the gremlin, the destruction. And, if, and you can just see it. It's mirrored around you all the time. And then that's the purpose that you're serving. It's always it's from an action. It always shows up. It's like right there. There's nothing to do with the intellect or ideas or thinking or anything. How do you guys think Fred... <laughs> got what he just said. How do you think, how do you think he was able to explain what he just explained? Because <coughs> maybe he knows his criminal well enough. How, how did that occur? Well, through watch, through watching what he Worthless self-observation. Yeah, but I think some of it is having, ha having been taught what to look for. Having had the knowledge, yeah. I mean, I, my guess is that you're trying to go someplace saying it's not intellectual, but it, right now, some, mm -hmm. go ahead. Say, keep well, going. I mean, maybe that was my assumption that you were that you were looking for an answer that said he. That's had my old technique. I don't use that technique. <laughs> That's why I'm superior because I know the answer, and if you're so stupid that you don't know the answer, I'm going to ask you the same question over and over again, make you look stupider and stupider until. <laughs> Until you're nothing, you know, until well, you find... Well, that will work. Okay, Because okay. <laughs> she's you. got her own back. <laughs> my, my feeling is that he's had some, that, that you 
have t that you have taught something, and then then he could take that intellectual knowledge and then actually experience it and witness it. I I'm not sure that he'd be able to articulate and explain what he can now physically experience if he didn't have some language for it, some understanding of it to then be able to say, you know, it's just symbols. It's well, my question for you is, 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 the, is the consideration is this, can anybody really be taught anything? Well. You know, I, I, just to look at our, how do we, how does it happen that we, um, that we somehow know something that we didn't know before? How does that happen? Well, maybe taught's not the word. Maybe can, can anybody be led to an awareness that they weren't, that they didn't have? So maybe he all along knew subconsciously that he did this, but it was outside his awareness, and it wasn't anything that he could then change because he couldn't see it. He couldn't. Ex he really didn't have any understanding of it. So and how did how did the shift happen for him? How did he? How did it? How did it come to be that he? You know, he clearly he was not speaking from his mind. You know, from an intellectual thing, clearly he was speaking. Is that what you got to? I mean, for me, it was clear that Fred was speaking from and knowledge, understanding. Yeah. So how did that occur for him? Well, like, like I, you've been living with Fred for the last few months. That's why I'm asking. I can only say what he does for me. That <coughs> that he has, he's helped me be aware of what of what my experiences are. That I don't have any. I mean, you know. So what if I realize that I hurt your feelings? And I had some joy in that. I, I might not. I, my feeling is I didn't even. No, that's not true. I probably did know that, but didn't care, and would have thought you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's helped me look. He's helped me be able to turn that around and say, and and have some understanding of the other dynamics at work in that. And so now the next time I do that, I know that that wasn't about you. That's about me. And what did I do? And how? What's driving that? And so I would say, yes, I learned a lot from him. That he's helped me, he's helped me pull up into the, my consciousness what I'm doing, and it, and name it. And so, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think he's. I think you've taught us a lot, and he's taught me, and we teach each other. Hmm. What? Like, how, how would you explain it, Fred? Like how would you explain where that understand how you how that happened? I think it, I think it is happening, and it happened in the it happened in the event by being really exposed to the gremlin and having actually being really exposed with my gremlin, like in a group of people, and really seeing like I went away from that and I could see faces, and I so when I tried to disprove it, I had evidence for it. It's true which is the game I play evidence. So I had evidence for it's true, and then I began to look. <coughs> and, and that's what I think I'm currently doing is that... Well, how was it for you to look? I think it, well, it's been, and it's hard to look at it. I mean, allow that to be shared here, if you would. I think that what's true for me is that, that what, I'm, what I know about what I do is that um, that there isn't anything clean or honorable about the gremlin, and that 
that recognizing that means that recognizing that means that there's a ruthless killer that 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 when I serve my unconscious purpose I don't give a shit about anybody else around me and that and that that anything I say or do from that place is bullshit because the truth of the matter is you're going down and and for me that I think that's directly in conflict for who I know who I know I am and what I want to create while I'm here it's directly in conflict with that so some days I'm numb as hell some days it's just I'm not numb at all some days I'm totally fed by the gremlin and then other days I I recognize the the casualties in my path and, and it I'm going to have to take responsibility for that. I have to look at people I'm hurting on a daily basis and look at people that I've really, really swung at and take responsibility for that. And that's... And how's that been for you? It's been incredibly... I've been, I've been angry and sad a lot about what I've created. Yeah, I've, that's what I've heard from you. And... I don't know if I heard it from anybody else, but I've just kind of heard from you that these last couple of months are, have been like ugly, hard, dark. It, I don't know if that, I mean, that's why I'm asking you that. That's what I, I heard. I think that's true, and I, don't, and, I, and I think I haven't had the integrity or the uh, honesty with myself to stay in it. And mm. I have, I have, I have, I have been in it and pulled out. And so what I'm recognizing, and the reason I spoke about what's around you, is that I see that there is not one situation that if I'm not conscious, there's not, I can't think of a situation where I'm not serving the gremlin, or that I'm not running from the gremlin. It doesn't exist. So I was with a two-year-old child the other day, and everyone thought I was being melodramatic as I explained it, but it hurt me at my core because I knew I could have killed that child. I mean, I don't think I could have literally killed it. Maybe I could have. But I could have killed that child, mm -hmm. and nobody around me, like, would have stopped me. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I looked in her eyes and she started to cry, and I, I shook her a little bit. I just thought, what, what am I doing? What is going on that I would take this child out? Like, mm -hmm. you know. And so that hurt me. I just, I could just feel the pain because I thought it's not worth it. Like, like it's, it's not worth it to take that possibility out of the world to kill it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. And so that had a that ramification was with me for. I mean, I said to several people, if I could have signed the contract with God that says I'll take my children, I would have signed that contract because I don't ever want to be in that place again. You know, it was too scary because I wasn't in. I was totally in control, and it was a very unconscious purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's the what I'm suggesting, Sue, is that's the level of work, that's the level of confront, and that's the level of ruthlessness that it takes to work with the hidden purpose. Um, my experience of it is just one of constant pain, really. I mean, it's like when I was saying that Saturday was not a good day for me with Ben, and that as I slapped his thigh, I, you know, I had to thought, what the fuck is going on with me? that is, I mean, 
what's up? And it almost, I think the thing for me about looking at it is that it almost becomes unlanguageable for me because it goes so deep that it's hard to put words to it. And yet, as I look at it, I get a sense of knowing, but, but it is at times very difficult to put words to it. Um, and maybe that's because of the pain that I feel, you know, like either the shame or the um, humiliation or, um, which I see is still all part of it, how I can keep that gremlin alive and well. I could offer, based on our previous conversations, I could offer just a little um, beacon, if you want some beacons as how to work with that. Mm-hmm. is like, well, exactly what we're talking about is look to the purpose. If you look to the purpose, it gives you clarity about that. It gi- it's a look lot. to that, the hidden purpose you mean? Yeah, the purpose of s- the slap. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the intention? What's the purpose? And there's a principle, an underworld principle, that that's the purpose ser- that that slap serves for you. Mm-hmm. And if you observe it a couple times, you'll start to see that it's a, co- it's a, it's a purpose. It's one of, your, it's one of the payoffs, that, it's a, one of the food that you get. And that metaphor, the metaphor of the food that you get, which is what you said, completely charged up from the gremlin, you said stuff. That's the metaphor of what I wanted to talk about this morning, which is the idea that that food is um, going to a, uh, an entity, an, an, a creature, um, like a vampire and that we're overtaken, you know, that we're being, we're, you know, being eaten by a creature, like our lifeblood, the, the, the awesome, pure, you know, beauty and love and ener- our energy, our core juice, the juice that we have is being sucked down by an entity that's just like got, you know, two big sucker teeth right in our neck and sucking the main juice out of us that we have to live with in the name of this experience of deriving joy at someone else's expense. And, and that's, um, you know, it's underworld joy. It's like a vampire joy of, of um, feeling, you know, irresponsible gladness. It's painless, pain, painless, you know, we're, we're so numb when that happens that we, that we don't know the other pe- person's pain, like you're saying. We're just deriving pain around us, but we're completely cut off to it. And it's like the vampire. And, and the, the languaging that I wanted to bring in was the language of, of entities as being a, a model for a way to look at this. And I want to I want to state right off the bat that um, to take this whole idea with a little grain of salt because it's, it's, it's a possibility to think that, oh, it's an entity means that I'm not responsible for it, <clears throat> that I'm a victim of the entity. And that, in fact, there is no such thing as an entity. There is no such, it's just, an, it's just a model to consider this because it brings up some interesting under, ways to understand how this works and um, the, ma- the way it works. But the truth is that, that, you know, there really aren't any entities. But when you st- when the next time you read Anne Rice's books, you know, and then you go, you can think of the, enti- the vampire as a completely different 
thing. It's like you're, it's like you're, you are one. You know, you you are one. And and then the books have a comp it's a map. It's it's a, a complete description of how the psychology works to to feed on other people and to to go around and just vampire off of innocence, like you were talking about in a child, or beauty, or hope, or um, love, or you know all that to just you, the vampire can see that and can just feed off of it and destroy it as a way of of eating and devouring that. And what I'd like to invite us to do is sort of have a conversation about um, the idea of entities in, in the context of the mapper conversations. Like, in what ways do you discover that um, that 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 you function? That that how does it happen that um, you can walk into a group and you know one thing that's really amazing about that is when you're when you're functioning as a the, as an entity when you, when the entity is taken over and like it's it's going you have these awesome powers to walk in and really destroy anything like a ruthlessly destroy or eat or um, trash any project or any goal or anything for the benefit of the entity like you can go into any meeting or be with any particular person and just um, um, devour them for, for that for feeding the entity Anyway, I'd like to sort of open this bright little subject for <laughs> um, considerations. Like on how we serve that. Yeah. How it happens, or the technology of the entity. I'd like to look at that. <coughs> I think I had an experience of that yesterday for sure, because I was with James and Kayla all morning, and I was just felt frustrated and angry, and I just kept lashing out at everybody. And um, I just that all kinds of things needed to be accomplished on the farm, and that if they weren't accomplished, you know, everything had to be done my way when I wanted it.